0: Um, bang, bang, there we go. So, hey, what's all the noise? Where the heck are we? Where are we at? I think we are sitting here in Atlanta. We're at the Data Driven S- S- Salon
1: Summit, sponsored by ZZOR. Awesome. Fantastic. And Zizor happens to
0: be our sponsor for this episode of Shop Talk today, which is really cool. That is correct. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know Zizor, you will, and we'll be talking about it a little more later. But hi, everybody. Welcome to Shop Talk, brought to you by 124GO. I'm your co-host, Chris Sullivan, and I'm here, as usual, with my great friend, Mr... John Palmery. and we <laughs> have a very special guest. My <laughs> gosh! <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. we have an amazing guest today, and a guest that I actually have just had the opportunity to meet. I know, John, you had the chance to uh, listen to uh, this amazing lady who sits in front of us uh, share a little bit this morning, and right. I know we're excited to dig into it. But um, so, without further ado, we are sitting here with Miss China Wong. Hi. And China is the owner of Salon Spa W in Des Moines, Iowa. True. Um, and we know that there's a lot of salon owners out there and we also talk a lot, John, about how, you know, most salon owners are a hairdresser that accidentally opened a salon. Right. Um, and then they remain a hairdresser for a long time experiencing some organic growth. Right. But every now and then you get to meet somebody who has extraordinary growth, you know, over a long period of time, year over year, um, and knows why that growth happened. I think China's probably one of those people sitting here. So, welcome, China. What I like
1: about China, because I got to hear her presentation earlier this morning, is um, I'm going to use one of my favorite words, which is purposefulness. you know, I really got a sense from Chyna's um, presentation today that her growth, and that, correct me if I was mistaken, your least growth full year was 17%. Correct. That was the least amount of growth you had correct. in the year. Correct. Uh, and the most was?
2: 78% th- year over year.
1: Yeah, we're going to want to talk about that today. We will, um, we will. But um, obviously I got the feeling that that was very purposeful. It didn't happen by accident.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: so I'm not going to dig down into that. Um, before we get there, um, I do want you to know that our podcast today, is sponsored by the lovely folks at Zizor. Yep. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about Zizor later yep. and how China uses it. Yeah, um, it. But it's a great app and we'll, it's a great tool for you to use if you're trying to grow your business. Yep. So we'll talk about that later. Love it. All right, let's do this thing.
0: So, John, let's start this conversation. I know you like to start off in a certain right.
1: place. Yeah, why China. You, why don't you take us out? I always am amazed. I want to know why hairdressing? How did this happen? To you? <laughs> like, what happened? Yeah,
2: so I started in corporate America in finance. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, first, My dad's a first-generation American. He's an entrepreneur. Um, was really big on me going to a university. I was very, very lucky that he was able... I was the first person in my family to go to college. Sure. And like a lot of uh, China Wong, I am Asian. Um, although I don't look it. I have blonde hair. <laughs> so you uh, you but do not. <laughs> Everybody's always like, what's up
0: with
2: your name? Uh, my mother's Irish, Scottish, I thought Dutch, maybe you were a pro actress. wrestler
0: before, but <laughs> you know, don't fit that uh, big
2: Oh, oh, oh. I don't know. I don't yep. think I wanted this China with a Y. No, it's China with an I. Okay. Okay. Uh, seriously, though, um, I was first person in my family to go to college. Uh, you know, there's a big emphasis when I was growing up, like you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, right. go into finance, that kind of thing. And I did. I went into finance. It was it was a great career opportunity. Um, I worked in downtown Chicago, wore a suit, all the things, mm-hmm. uh, and wasn't really fulfilled. Um, I didn't uh, see a lot of contact with the people that I was you know trying to help and uh, I frankly had no contact with them and it just seemed you know it was just got monotonous I right. was like I want interaction with the people that I'm trying to you know provide services for or help right. or make a difference with and um, that combined with the fact my dad's an entrepreneur and I grew up in an entrepreneurial household sure. so I kind of went about it a weird way I was like I think I want to be an entrepreneur I want to be a business owner mm-hmm. and so I started doing some research This is. i graduated college in 2000 so this is like you know 2000 2002 somewhere around there and everybody was talking about baby boomers and baby boomers were going to be the thing you know they were going to drive that was a big conversation in 2002 that was an enormous yeah it was like the thing it was the
1: conversation yeah uh, either do really well by us or they were going to ruin the economy (laughs) yeah (laughs) millennials weren't
0: born yet right right? if you can can imagine (laughs) that Right. And baby boomers were the real conversation right. and the driver of business. Yeah. Right. And
2: so everybody thought they were going to be big users of health care and, yep. uh, and wellness things. Yep. And right. so I didn't want to go into healthcare, And so I kind of started looking at the wellness thing. I was like, oh, you know, maybe a gym, maybe supplements. And I mean, think about like what industries have had explosive growth. Sure. Like, holy cow, that's been true. Yep. Like, man, you and a gym company, you know, the, yep. a bar company, Nutrition. a yoga studio. Oh, everybody wants body.
1: to be so, a nurse. Yeah. Yep. Like everybody. Right. That,
2: that too. So my take on that and that whole wellness conversation with salons and spas. Yeah. Because, you know, these were, this was a generation that was going to break the mold. They were going to, even if they were 60, they were going to look like they were, you know, young and fit and happy and all the things. And so um, I got interested in the salon industry. And I had a secret creative in me, one that I just hadn't always nurtured. Um, and so it was a good fit. And I started kind of taking some people out to lunch. I was living in Chicago at the time, took out some of the, you know, Major salon owners there, and just say, yeah. "Hey, tell me about your business." Like anybody who would talk to me, I yeah. was just right. like, "Okay, yeah. can I take you to coffee?" Yeah. And uh, you know, the people that I I really admired uh, had been hairdressers, yeah. and you know, they may not have been behind the chair anymore just because their businesses sure. have grown so sure. much. Some were, sti- still were, sure. uh, but they they absolutely had. We're in touch with that. Yeah, side. this is
0: such an interesting conversation, and I don't think we're going to have this conversation too often. Where we meet somebody who strategically got. Into the salon business and strategically decided to open a salon right. based on checking the market out. Right. I know Brian tells that story <laughs> right. a little bit, right? right. About how yeah. Karen got him in yeah. and then he sort of said, You know what? I'm, I'm going to figure this thing out. You know, I want to figure out how to make uh, a scalable right. upscale salon. right But, you know, but most salons are a- accidental. And most hairdressers, it's just, I was passionate about hair. Like I, I, I was. With kid, my dolls yeah, I was, I was passionate kid. about hair. Yeah. And your journey is like, no, no. I went to flip. business school. I wore the suit. Yeah. I realized it's not all it's cracked up to be for me fulfillment wise. Right. And then I like made a career decision to go into the salon industry. Yeah. That right. is freaking awesome. <laughs> I got to have a high five on that.
2: I'm kind of a weirdo. <laughs>
1: That's right. Weirdos are our favorite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Yeah. And we've had some weirdos. <laughs> Let's see how well you do. Let's <laughs> see go. how weird Here you can there get. We go. So... You start with this purposeful journey that you're going to open a salon because you saw a need in the market. Yeah. Now, are you a hairdresser yourself? Did you go to hairdressing yeah, school? so I
2: went to the Veda Institute in Chicago. I was in the very first class there. Oh, wow. Um, and then fell in love with a company called Van Michael Salon. Yeah, here saw, in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, I saw them at uh, a con- like a national conference, and I was like, I want to work for them. And right. So I uh, walked up to Van Council, the owner, and uh, introduced myself, and mm-hmm. I was like, you know, super nervous, but I was like, I'm going to get this job, you know, and right. I'm like giving him my, my resume and like trying, you know, I'm talking really fast, Yeah. And, <laughs> and we're at a cocktail hour, and sure. if you know Van, I mean, he's just like straight down to business that says how it is. Is. Right. super nice guy very approachable but you know kind of a this is how it is guy and he finally just kind of like cut me off in the middle. And he was like, I'll give you a job.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Start trying so hard. Yeah.
2: I was like, you will? Really? He's like, yeah, just come down and interview. And I was like, yeah. And so I got his, uh, his uh, assistance card. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, um, moved to Atlanta after I graduated from, um, uh, cosmetology school and yeah. went through their training program and learned how to really do hair. Yeah. It was right. Deep, deep, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. like technical. Mm-hmm. Um, and also learned a lot about business while I was down there too they run a Really tight, tight organization. Yeah. So how
1: long were you in Atlanta?
2: Uh, I was in Atlanta two years, almost three-ish.
1: Okay. okay. So after three years, you moved back to. moved back
2: to Chicago. Chicago. Uh, had a, got, I got an opportunity uh, to be a color director at a big downtown location. Sure. Um, and wanted to kind of see what that yep. was like. Uh, experienced that. Was ready to do my own thing, and uh, was vetting leases in Chicago, like ready to you know sign on the line. Mm. And um, my sister, who had been living with me in Chicago for the longest time she was like hey I'm gonna like stay in Des Moines she'd move back to go to mm-hmm. nursing school okay. she was like I'm gonna stay and I was like oh I don't know you know Des Moines Chicago
0: <laughs>
1: yeah
2: but I went back, and they were doing a lot of cool things downtown. There's whole this kind of like gentrification yeah. of downtown, yeah. and I what I saw was there's some An urban neighborhoods, yeah. and I could be like, you yeah. know, the the, the, the fish thing. In, the, right. in the in the
0: smaller yes, pond, right? Exactly.
2: Right. Yeah. So, and just saw the opportunity to like yeah. make a difference in that community because it was kind of yeah. sleepy before, and yeah. I was like, something cool is gonna happen yeah. here, right. and. I wanted to be part of that.
0: I'm glad you said that because another thing, you know, and I feel like there's a lot of myths in the industry and yeah. one, one of the biggest myths is you have to be the downtown location. Yeah. You have to be all in the, people. and it's interesting because of all the, traveling as an educator, The most successful salons that I was ever in were always 15 minutes outside of the city Mm -hmm. or an out, like in a town where you could walk in and nobody is giving that level of service Mm -hmm. and the town doesn't even expect it. Like there are a lot of places that you can go. um, And that's the the Salon 124 story really is where Brian worked with Van as his assistant, personal assistant, moved out, you know, 30 minutes out and decided to become. Give give a level level of service to a neighborhood that wasn't used to having that experience, sure. right. and then from there it just amplifies uh, and the name grows. So you went back, opened the salon, and then obviously you know you had that first year growth, and you had your business knowledge, and you had your focus. Um, but you're different. In the past, how how many years has the salon been open? Fourteen. In the past fourteen years, you've gone from zero to five million dollars inside of one location. I'm going to say that again for our listeners, right? Zero to $5 million inside of one location without, and you've avoided the temptation to go multiple location. You've avoided all the temptations of the, this is what you do when you're successful. Right. um, And really honed it in. But when did you kind of know, like, this thing's going to be way more, or did you just know right off the bat? Like, this thing's going to be way more special or bigger or... When did it kind of hit you, like, what we're doing here is different than what everybody else is doing?
2: I think we were different from the beginning. I, you know, I came in and I had a lot of different... I mean, I've been in bigger markets. I had a lot of different ideas about... Hairdressing. We were like we specialized right off the yeah. bat, and in my community, no one Nobody else was, was specialized. That. And they were like, you know, I mean, sometimes we would really piss people off, to be honest, because they come in the salon, you know, schedule an appointment, they just assume the person sure. they could see could do everything, sure, right? right? But uh, for me, in the environments I came from, you know, it was this kind of like be a master of right. your trade, you know, not a, a jack kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, we're going to specialize. We're going to have colors. We're going to have haircutters. We're going to have spa specialists, mm-hmm. and everybody's. To get really good at their you know one one specific area, and so just a lot of different things like that i mean I, we, I approach business I think a little differently than yeah. um, than that kind of organic growth like you were sure. talking about where sure. you 're like hey i 'm a hairdresser now i 'm going to open a salon so We were different from the beginning, and it, as far as like growth goes, like when did I know that it was going to be, um, you know, you get that feeling where it's so full, like you're processing people, you have people processing like in your front window, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. They're they're at the cafe next door processing. Totally, totally,
2: and so you know I really held back on growth I mean I think everybody's mm-hmm. it but not everybody most people's experiences and when they look at their P&L you know what are what's your biggest expense well payroll fine okay your second is usually rent right, right? Yep. and so I knowing that I was like man I gotta maximize every square foot sure. and so um, I would wait until we got to that super full feeling yep. where I was like man I don't, yeah, I just don't have anywhere to yeah. put anybody right. before um, we expanded and you know sometimes it's hard to hold back on that because I think there's certain like expectations, right? Like, I remember clients, well-meaning clients that were like celebrating our success would say things like, you know, like year two, they would say, oh, hey, you you know, when are you going to open another location? And I mean, they're trying, you know, they're being positive and supportive. But like, from a business standpoint, that would have been a really bad idea (laughs) at that moment moment in time, you know? And I also think there's like fanfare-ish in the industry where, you know, people are like, oh, I got six locations. But, right. I, you know, it's not about um, the amount of locations. I think it's about yep. what you do with the locations. Yep. And, right. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, I mean, it's about a lot of things. Like, yes, margins matter, and I'd rather have one location with better margins than six yep. that have have less. And I, I also care about culture a lot. I, yep. I want to be somewhere where everybody's connected, they're engaged. Like, we are truly a team and working to give amazing service and cr- incredible artistry every day yeah. and sometimes when you end up you know you spread it too thin and you lose some of that some of that magic
1: yeah sure yeah sure um, you know there's, there's a couple of, there's two kind of tracks i want to go down one is um, the growth part you talked about 17 on a on a bad year but right? you said your favorite word too <laughs> uh wicked <laughs> i love that word <laughs> You know, it's my role to bring Wicked to the South. Yes. When Wicked replaces you all, I'm in. So there's that track I want to talk about. But I also want to talk about the culture piece because- That's the
0: favorite word I was talking about. Yeah,
1: that's my uh, favorite word. because I think in order to get that that 17 to 78% growth it's important to create that culture right sure. um can you talk a little bit about that and maybe you know what were the tools or maybe the aha's along the way that decided this is really important this is something we need to focus on as a company
2: yeah so i'm super motivated by KPIs like key performance indicators. Sure. I love math obviously with my background but math means nothing if it's not connected to behaviors, right? And behaviors are the people part, right? And the the people part the <laughs>
1: People at prices. Right? So yeah. All right, like
2: the people part and the the behaviors is what moves those. So if you're just sitting around talking about numbers, nobody's freaking inspired. Yeah. You no, know? nobody yeah. gets right. excited about that. In fact, just
1: the work, just the opposite. It works against you. All Absolutely. you care about is yeah. The numbers. Yeah, right. Yeah. Entirely. Yeah.
2: And then the flip side: if you're just sitting around talking about inspiration and like, oh, let's do this. Yeah. Let's dream about this and da da da. But then, like, you never actually do anything you gotta have you have get anything done, yeah. right. then, I mean, that's really defeating, too, and nobody likes that either. So there's, like, a perfect center point, I think, where both of those things meet, where you're like, okay, here's our goal. And what are, I mean, every company is different. Like, what do you care about? Do you care about having a huge budget for a community service? Do you care about your people, your team having, you know, paid maternity leave? Do you yeah. care about, I mean, whatever. you know, Care do you about care recycling about, in the
1: environment. Right. Yeah. Do you
2: care about doing an awesome photo shoot and you know winning a competition because the artistry matters to you and you know honestly on my team I've got people that care about all those things I just talked about Some more passionate about one than the other or whatever but you know that becomes part of your goal setting it comes part of like you know what do we want to achieve this year right like what is this end game and then that end game we dial back to What behaviors, like, what do we have to do as people to get there? And then how do you measure the behavior, right? How do you measure what, what you're doing? And so... You know, if we want to do a a kick-ass photo shoot and bring in some baller photographer from New York, you know, that's going to cost some money. And we're going to have to figure out where we're going to find that in our budget. So we may get real pumped up about, you know, maybe it's retail sales or maybe it's a service add-on. Or maybe we find a product like, I mean, we, you know, maybe there's a new treatment out there that we're like, oh my gosh, this is like truly changing people's hair. You know, and we want to offer that to clients and we want everyone to experience it so whatever we're pumped up about or yep. excited about right. yep. we dial back to like what are our behaviors and then we measure them and we measure them with with things like Zizor. we yep. measure them you know with if you've got a great POS that can show you KPIs and performance right. yep. like that's how you know if you're doing the actual work that achieves right. that achieves the goal. Right.
1: Right. How do you keep your how do you keep your culture rolling because I think that's that's how you started fourteen years ago, right? And I think that one of the challenges that owners and managers often have is we start off with this really good idea, mm-hmm. right? Three, four, five, six, ten years in, we kinda lost sight of that. We kinda lose sight of that vision. We kinda lost lost sight of what our goals were as a company. How do you keep that fresh?
2: New goals. New so ones? I yeah. I don't think that and I mean, you know, Everybody can have their own take on this, but I don't think you can like run at max capacity around the clock, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think that that's physically possible to run at 100% productivity all day, every day, right. you know, around the clock. So we, you know, it's it's okay in my company that we have you know highs and lows, we have ebbs and flows, we have ups and downs, and it's not that I'm like looking for sure. downs like sure. oh you're just like not performing. But well. you know that's, they're there. Right, right, right? That's yeah. not what I'm I'm saying, but that is gonna that is going to happen, and so I think part of like you have to think about cycles and you have to think about uh, push your peaks is one of my uh, favorite phrases and that means you know looking for when are the times when the opportunities are going to be maximized so yeah. like let's talk about holiday time like sure. every you know you're a hairdresser when is your busiest time of year everybody wants to get in yeah. before the holidays yeah. they got yeah. parties they got work parties they're going to see grandma who's going to comment on their hair maybe not in the nicest fashion yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, yeah. you know everybody wants to get in you see those clients that you're like I didn't know you were still coming to me I haven't seen you for six months yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so you're so busy at that point in time. So those are. I've been
0: saving up for the holidays. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Yeah,
2: with your four inches of roots that I'm now going to have to like formulate three things so right. that it looks decent. Okay. Anyway, I digress. Let's get back into the game here about business. Um, so you know those times, those pusher peak times, I, we try and correlate like our behaviors and some maybe some of our goals. Like sure. if we have a big retail goal, like let's make it easier, not harder for ourselves, sure. and let's let's package that with holiday time, right? Because we know we're gonna have a gazillion clients and we know people have a reason that they're gonna want to be purchasing. Right. We know that everyone is so busy today that like we can do them the favor of helping them get their shopping done so they don't right. have to go somewhere yeah. else. So we, we try and kind of package that stuff together to make those those highs or those peaks, you know, to maximize those. Where, I, you know, I've worked in companies where it's like you're at the bottom of a cycle or in the most difficult time. And they're and trying to get you to like, do something right. right yeah. they're pushing you the most, they're like, come on, you gotta you push up these numbers. Like, I think there's
1: a different energy too. I, I love that phraseology, push your peaks. Yeah. Man. I love that. You know, it, it kind of makes me think of in the salon, right? We get to be late November, all of December, right? it's busy and staff are squeezing people in left and yeah. right they're staying late they're coming yeah. kind of early yeah. and here's the thing as a manager we don't have to say a word yeah. right. they just want to do it right but then you get like july right where it's dead yeah it- you ain't coming in early. Right. You ain't staying <laughs> right. in late. You right. ain't doing nothing. If you live help. in a cold place, I can't, this is the first <laughs> time I was
0: able to go outside for months, right? Right, it's
1: right. Like so I always find it interesting <laughs> that that's less of a challenge because we have this natural urge. And we stole this from somebody else. Busy is busy. Yeah. Busy, busy makes busy. makes busy. busy. Right? Hair yeah, sure. by I think so. that yeah. helps fill in that, yeah. that quotient of you don't have to push it so much. I it just had happens. a total
0: thought as you guys were kind of talking. And, yeah. I mean, it goes back to anybody that's ever played sports in your life. Right there's seasons right. of sports yes. and you know in wrestling when I was a kid we knew we didn't want, we weren't worried about peaking until yeah. the end of the season right. when districts regional states right. come in now you sure. can look at that in pro athletics sure. mm-hmm. you don't have to be your peak all year. in fact you you just said it right you you can't be your peak at all times yeah. all, all yeah.
1: year round right? I know China's got to uh, get up and speaking again a few yes yeah. yeah, so um, I want to not take up too much more of your time but I do want to address this you know We gotta talk about this. Seventeen percent. How did that happen? You must have been so sad. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Seven. I wasn't so sad. It was a great (laughs) year.
1: So, tell us about what do you? And and I know we only have so much time, but why do you think that growth? Seventeen on a bad year to seventy-eight percent. What are the things that you think make, makes that happen to sure. you? Sure.
2: I, I think planning. planning. Um, again, yeah. we do actually put a strategic plan in place every year. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds nerdy. and somebody. Oh,
1: said no, that. we <laughs> love this <laughs> stuff. We love this <laughs> stuff. Right. I got one on my laptop yeah. that I'm All right. baking on right now. All right. Yeah. So,
2: so, you know, having an action. I mean, surprise, surprise. What, you write a plan. You say what your goals are out loud. Yeah. And then you can accomplish them, right? Because if you don't have a direction. I mean, I'm a slot owner. I get it. Like, it's busy. It's yeah. so busy. Sure. I mean, whether it's just you, you know, and you're by yourself or you've got six team members or 60 or 600, I mean, it everything matters. Everybody wants your time. Right. Everybody has a problem they need you to solve. And so it gets so busy that in that noise of day-to-day operations, it's hard to, like, see above the fray and sure. what you're yeah. going for. And so I think having a plan that's written yeah. is really, really important. Um, in our strategic plan, you know, we don't choose 52 different things things. Sure. It's like it's simple, people. Right. It's like you know, three, four things that that we're gonna, that on we're gonna look on. Yeah. And what are some of the on. things
0: in your strategic What's plan, right? Like what are yeah, what are yeah. some of your big bullet points right now?
2: Yeah, we're doing a lot in marketing this year. We did a focus group, rebooting our website. We brought a new POS system on. Um, as far as where the growth is gonna happen with those, uh, the new system we brought on really streamlines the ability for people to book through mm-hmm. apps and online in a way Who'd that you bring we, in we're cool we, giving yeah, a plug yeah yeah, we uh, brought on Forest yep. and um, they're they're doing some exciting things you know Forrest has
1: been romancing me as less lovely yep. yeah <laughs> I really well
0: am. you're a handsome guy I can understand uh, why they're doing yeah. that
1: thank you Chris <laughs> so um,
0: that's been you know
2: a, there's a, a bunch of growth opportunities there through um, the ease of, of booking for people right um, and you know I'm just seeing we're getting more and more millennials in the salon. thank yep. uh, millennials As as that, you know, that percentage of our our clients are starting to change, I've got to change, as a salon owner, I've got to change my behavior to meet their needs. And, you know, they, they don't want to call and talk to people. I mean, they will. It's amazing. But... If yep, they yep. can just get it done, right. you know, on an app or online or as, as quickly as they can, you know, without having to interact with somebody, yep. they will. They find that easier. And so um, that's part of our strategic plan. Um, we're doing kind of finessing a few things in the salon to really maximize our our per square foot, at, um, sure. foot yep. output. Yep. Uh, I've got a few spaces in the salon that just were not, um, you know, they just we weren't selling enough out of sure. literally the, the The space that you had. Right, right yeah. And so we're revisiting that. Um, I think that's something that's really important in your retail. I mean, there's so many cool tech tech things out there this day yeah. and age that you can track. You know, like what do people walk up to and look at? Like yeah. what are people actually picking up? You yeah. know, what are, and I mean, you can do that old school and just say, okay, our shampoo's over here. How's sure. it doing? Sure. You know, this sure. is over here, but there's But always, even
0: just giving it attention is different, right? right? Whether you're, yeah. you know, not, not giving it attention and expecting it to grow. For sure. Yeah.
2: It's just a, a different mindset I think to you know we're I'm always looking at like every inch of this, of yeah. this space sure. yeah going okay what are you doing for me because I know I'm spending you right. know tens yeah. of thousands of dollars on this one corner right
0: and I could put yes. a chair there yeah right. Right. can I call time out for a second yes. how much how we, we can wrap up when you need I just want to know where yeah guys I
2: probably probably need to roll here pretty soon our presentations at 230 so okay. awesome
0: yeah. so um, when we come back in we'll I'll cut I'll cut there Uh, at the last thing she just said and I'll just come back in and I'll say my god we could be talking about this forever blah blah blah. you know knowing that owners are your captive audience you know what what would be some advice that you would give to an owner and then John will finish a closing thought and we'll roll you back up okay great awesome God, China, this is just amazing. I mean, I could, we could talk about this all day, all day long and be listening. You know, like we said, and we're sure you're hearing the noise in the background. We're here at the Data-Driven driven Summit here in Atlanta, um, and china has got to go back on stage in a few minutes. Uh, and so, first of all, I just want to say we are so appreciating this time, and just, I'm just yeah, loving you know, this fun. conversation. <laughs> um, knowing that salon owners are maybe, you know, probably have your, you've got their ear a little bit more, yeah. and they'll, there'll be some listening. Um, what would just be some last kind of thoughts, words of advice? Maybe what are you about to share from stage that you want to leave somebody with who might have just heard this conversation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that right now there's been a lot of like doom and gloom talk in the industry. And, you know, I'm not saying things are easy. It's not that, here's the deal. It's not that there's doom and gloom. It's not that things are, you know, way worse off things are changing and things are changing at a light speed pace right people
1: don't like change
2: and change is hard because it's you don't know where things are going you don't know what the answers are you got to take in a lot of new information and so you know there's like i get it i'm in the middle of it too with you but try and look at it as opportunity and i think Whoever capitalizes on that in their market, whoever is open to the change, whoever jumps on those next wagons and tries different things and tests them out, and if they don't work, throw them to the wayside. Yeah. If they do work, you know, take that on and then look for the next thing, right? I mean, we've changed wow. yes. more as an organization probably in the last three or four years yeah. than I ha- than had than I did to. the ten and before, right? Right? You had to, right. And it's it's an exciting time, um, and I try and engage my team in that excitement. I want them to know. I'm not fearful. I'm pumped that there's so much happening right. and that we can be a part of it. Because bottom line, somebody's gonna cut their hair and yeah. color. You know, yeah. I mean, consumers somebody's are gonna, gonna do it. Somebody's right. gonna do it. That's right. I want to. You know, I want our organization to be the one that's that's maximizing it. So I would just say, you know, come to the table, open. Be open to change, try new things, measure them, yep. Yep. and if they're not working, throw them out and get and get something new. And then I think the last thing is like come to stuff like this. Yep. Like everybody's going through the same stuff, and it's so great to hear how different people are approaching it. And there's t- a ton of people winning. Yeah, right. There's so many people out there yeah. winning that are that are doing more business and better in business this year and in the last five years than they were before. And yep. so you just gotta find find those people and talk to them and you know share the struggles and it feels. Good to like right. have somebody to vent with, but then you know learn and listen and so get out there. If yeah. you're not out there, right. get out there. Come to stuff like data driven, and um, and see see what everybody's what's new.
1: Great, yeah. love Ch- it, China, China. China. Thanks again. How yeah. do people get a hold of you? Instagram, yeah. Facebook. What yeah, you all got? the
2: things, all the things. Uh listen, Instagram, we're salon spa w. Uh, Instagram, I'm China Wong two one two. Um, Facebook uh, is, is China C H I N A Wong W. Um, Ong, I do have two kids and a third. Coming right. there, right. Right. You. So you will see some kiddo pictures on their boss, <laughs> and business yeah. too. All right, yeah. well, it's all again. like one big thing, it right?
1: Totally, it it's life. L <laughs> i f e. Thanks again for being yep. here. We know right. you're gonna get on stage. Thank right. you, thanks, John. Guys. Closing closing thoughts. Um, let's time out so China can yep. run, and okay. then we'll do our closing Awesome. Thank you guys. Yeah, very much. It was a pleasure to meet you.